from the trails to the road to the track. If it's running, you'll find it right here on Trail Tales ARP. Run wild. Hello once again, Trail Tailors. Welcome to another episode of Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast. I am your host, Sean Sobon, and today we have on the show with us a returning guest, Eric Covesi. He is a longtime friend, colleague, and runner, and we are excited to have Eric back on the show. Eric, how are you today? And thank you for being here. Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm so happy to have you back on the show, Eric. Um, so let's just jump right into this, man. Last time we talked, you were you were in preparation for your first hundred miler in Bromont in Quebec. And, you know, we were going to kind of catch up on that. And then the race got postponed, as many things did in 2020. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? What was that like kind of leading up to the race? How were you feeling? And what was it like when you heard that the race was canceled for you? Uh, I was actually feeling really good for the race. Like as race day was approaching, you know, there's always your nerves coming up, but uh, I was actually feeling really, uh, really well trained. I was really excited, feeling positive, feeling like, you know what, I think I can do this. I think it's going to happen. But uh, with COVID, like I knew it was in the back of my mind that the race might get canceled. The communication from the race organizers was fantastic. They're like, here's all the things we're doing. So we're meeting all the requirements. However, um, they said, if the government puts our region into orange, there's just absolutely nothing we can do about it. It's out of our hands, despite like everything we can do. So they said, if it goes to orange, you know, race will be canceled. So with that, hearing that, I'm like, it doesn't sound great. And then I think it was 13 days out when they did cancel the race. You know, it was super devastating. I was super, super bummed out. And because, you know, my family was going to come up. My younger brother was going to do the 80 kilometers of it. So it was a pretty, pretty devastating blow when it was canceled. Oh man, I can, I can only imagine Eric, especially, you know, this was going to be a family affair for you, which is really neat. Um, so like how much time had you invested into your training and preparation for this race? Oh, geez. It's hard, hard to number. I have to pull up my uh, Strava stats to know exactly how much time I've been put in, but I would say well north of probably 200 hours of training easily. Oh, wow. And then also then just like the mental training, you know, picturing each checkpoint because I have a pretty good idea of the course. So I'd be like, OK, you know what? I make it to this checkpoint. I know it's going to be in this drop bag. I know when I'm going to be able to meet my support crew. Um, I was going to have a full binder made up for my support crew saying, you know, at this checkpoint, here's what I need. Here's the questions you need to ask me about like hydration, how much I've been drinking and like kind of how to restock me, how to check my feet and all that. So in addition to just all the physical training, there was just the mental aspect and the whole logistics behind it too, just to help get my support team ready to, you know, make sure I can keep moving from checkpoint to checkpoint. Yeah. And you know what, that's, that's a great description of how much more is involved beyond just running and training for this event. You've got a whole team with you. You've got all this logistical stuff that you have to figure out as well. And, and that's always on your mind. Right. And I guess that would kind of produce some of those pre-race nerves or jitters if you will because you know like you said you have a good idea of what the course was like but not having run it before it's a new distance you yeah. know um it's it's a whole new experience and there's so much that could go wrong and 
And ultimately, I guess you didn't even get a chance to, to get to the start line, which is unfortunate. But let's, you know, enough depressing talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so that happened. And, you know, you kind of have to deal with it and, and move on. But um, how did you how did you move on after that? What was your how did you transition? What were your goals after you knew that race wasn't going to happen? Because this was in October, right? So you were yeah. almost near the end of end of 2020 at that point. Yeah. So I did still have other running goals for 2020. Like uh, when I started the year, you know, I just saw I saw somebody post how, you know, they were going to run, you know, 2020 kilometers in 2020. I'm like, you know what? That's a great idea to help keep me motivated. So once the race was canceled, I still did have that goal to work towards. Plus, you know, even though the race was canceled, like, you know, lots of things have been canceled in 2020. I know it will, well, hopefully it will happen in 2021. And, you know, barring that, hopefully it will happen one day. So I know the race will still happen and I will still have a chance to run it. Uh, and with the 2020 uh, running goals of like the 2020 kilometers, I did hit that. So that did make me happy when I did reach that milestone. And that did help keep me motivated, you know, to hit that mark. Plus, no, you know, it is just a minor setback. Like the race will happen again. So I just got to keep training. And, you know, if I go back next time, hopefully I'll go back stronger and, you know, it'll be an even more enjoyable experience if I'm in better shape and can get through it in a better time, hopefully. Yeah, you know what, Eric, that's a great outlook. Um, you know, all that training um, didn't go for nothing because it, it's still training that you got to condition your body and and build up your base and build up your endurance and everything. So, you know, not all is lost. And, and congratulations on hitting your running goal. I actually remember on our Strava group at work that uh, when you had posted out there, I said, for me, that's a lofty goal, but I'll put my hat in the ring. And I, <laughs> I didn't get there myself, but but as far as, you know, personal things go I did have my best running year in terms of mileage I clocked nice. in just over 1200 kilometers which for me was my biggest running year since I've been running so still happy about that and uh you know we'll see what what, what this year brings that's awesome yeah, yeah man so I, I appreciate you kind of putting that challenge out there and man there were a lot of people in 2020 that just racked up huge numbers man I know I know several people that did over 3,000 kilometers that's in, amazing in 2020 it is absolutely amazing man and I guess you know with with uh workplaces being shut down sporadically and and a lot of time at home it just gave everybody an opportunity to run more mm-hmm so that's that's really good, Eric. So um, let's say 2021 now. Yeah. And, you know, it's a new year and, you know, running's carrying on. And right now everything is kind of up in the air in terms of organized race events. However, I think people are still hopeful. You know, the mm -hmm. vaccine is rolled out now and people are starting to get vaccinated. And we're hoping that that will... Um, at least I'm hoping that will trigger the government to kind of ease up on a lot of its restrictions and uh, let people kind of get back to normal. So hopefully there are races that will happen this year. Do you have any besides the 100 mile in Bromont kind of on your calendar, on your sites that you're hoping to get to this year? Uh, so there are two others that got uh, postponed for me. So uh, they're both 50Ks. The one's a 50K in Spain. And that's, again, that's going to be my first race hopefully of 2021 it's in early july so again that's i think maybe pushing the timeline still a little bit early but again i got my fingers crossed yeah and then the other one is a 50k in oman and that will be in december so hopefully by december that race should be good okay where and, where is oman exactly i'm not familiar uh, it's in the middle east okay 
Yeah. And so both those races, I'm not sure if you're familiar with UTMB. Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So both those, if I complete both those races, they'll allow me to bypass the lottery system for UTMB. No way. Yeah. So if I do those two races, uh, uh, then I still need the regular uh, qualifying points. So um, Spain and Oman just kind of let you bypass the lottery, but they don't give you the qualifying points. Okay. So uh, Bromont gives me half the points, and then I'm on the wait list for Canadian Death Race, which is uh, 125K in the Rockies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so if I get into that one and finish, the, so I'll finish all those races, I'll automatically get into UTMB for 2022. Amazing, man. That's that's a great goal, and I think you've got some good chances of doing that, Eric. Um, yeah. So how do they accumulate the points for you? How does that system work? Uh, so there's a system called the International Trail Running Association point, or the ITRA points. Okay. So different races have a value between, I think it's two to six points, and you need to um, do two races that add up to 10 points. So Bromont would be worth, is worth five points, and then Canadian Death Race is also worth five points. Okay. So then that was, would let you um, enter the lottery system for UTMB. And then the race in Spain called uh, Valderen by UTMB, um, they let you accumulate what they call running stones, which are basically points that allow you to bypass the lottery system. Okay. And if you get uh, 18 of those, you can bypass the lottery system. So between that one and Oman by UTMB, you can uh, bypass the lottery. Nice, so you do remote, Yeah. So I'm just doing, I know it sounds like just 50K, but we do have, um, I think, like 100K and then 160K for both Spain and Oman. Yep. And those ones would obviously get you more points and get you more running stones. But I was trying to do things that are, okay, I know I can do those ones at least. Yeah, I'm absolutely. What, what kind of races would offer you, like, because the two races you're doing in Canada are, are kind of on the higher end of the point scale, right? They're giving you five points each for those races. So what kind of race do you, if do you know any that would give you, like, the two points range? I think uh, two to three points, they're, like, um, 50K, 50Ks, and then four points about, or like, your 50 milers or 80Ks. Okay. And then the six-point ones, they're, like, just your 100 milers, but with a lot more elevation and probably stricter time limits. Right. That was then, actually, sorry, that was my next question. Um, for you to accumulate your points, do you have to, uh, do they just want you to finish the race, or do you need to do it in a certain time? Uh, for these ones, it's just, just to finish. Okay. Yeah, just finish in under the their the race's cutoff time. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. I don't know if you caught the show uh, a couple of weeks ago. I had uh, Mike McLean. He's a fellow Canadian runner, and he's living in Thailand. Uh, oh, yes. He's, he's yeah, known no, as the I Honey Badger. Him, yeah. yeah, so he ran the UTMB-sanctioned race in, in Thailand, and he ended up uh, winning the thing. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's uh, he was pretty excited about that, and uh, it was a great show. So did you end up catching that one? I did, yeah. So that was super impressive. Yeah, man. It was yeah. it was pretty cool, man. Like, yeah. and just, I follow him on Facebook now as well. And awesome, yeah. See all of his updates there. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty good, man. Mike's Mike's a great guy, and I uh, had a great time talking with him. And it just goes to show you, man. Like, you know, running an ultra is is a huge feat in and of itself. But then to actually, like, you know, podium and finish first—that's that's insane. That's a whole different mindset. Like for me, again, it's just like okay. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other, you know, you'll get to that finish line. Like I couldn't imagine the different mindset about, you know, thinking about how to pace myself to stay in front of the person, like just behind me or, you know, when to turn on the speedy gears to, you know, maintain a bigger distance. Like that's a whole different mindset that's going to yeah. be even more challenging. 
I know. I think I think one of the key things though would be just to just to enjoy it and have fun with it, man, and, and yeah. not put the pressure on. I think I think sometimes when we put pressure on ourselves, we can kind of kind of lose some of the experience. You know what I mean? Like you, you can yeah. kind of ruin it. Just gotta have fun. Whatever happens, happens. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So yeah, you've got a pretty good year lined up potentially, man, and, and an exciting 2022 as well, potentially, eh? Hopefully, hopefully, because that would be a big deal getting to uh, UTMB again. Even like if I don't finish UTMB, just making it to the start line would be a, a huge thing. Oh, quite absolutely. the environment. If you've ever seen any of the uh, videos of even the start line, just how they transform this small little ski town into such a huge ultra runner convention, pretty much. Yeah, it's kind of like an ultra running wonderland, eh? Yeah. Hey, Trail Tailors. If you have a running story that you'd like to share with our tribe, please reach out to me. You can email me at trailtalesarp at gmail.com or go to our website, trailtalesarp.com and fill out a guest intake form. And if you're the type of person that's a little bit on the shy side, just send me an email or a message and I'll read it on the show for you. That's not a problem. Love to hear from you guys. Run wild. Let me ask you too. So, you know, you've been kind of running and, and um, carrying on with your training, but let's, let's talk about cross training. So you've got some, some new little toys at home to kind of help you with your cross training and stuff. So let's talk about those. What, what have you been uh, doing with your cross training lately? Uh, so I have been enjoying my new rowing machine. I find that's been a crazy good workout for a whole bunch of different uh, muscle groups that maybe you know, they get used towards the later portions of a long run. So you maybe don't get to develop those muscles as much, but like after I've been on the rower for 30 minutes, you can definitely feel it just in my core and my back. And again, those maybe aren't muscles you think about for running, but when you're carrying around a backpack for again, over 24 hours, it is going to be hard on your back. And then same with your core, just having a nice core helps you maintain nice running form. And then just even your legs, because you can't always be you know, working on, you know, your hill climbing or descent legs. So, you know, getting on the rower helps, I think, prepare your legs for those big, big climbs. And even the big descents can be hard on your quads. And also, it's just nice to, to switch it up as well. Just, you know, something different, different mindset when you're on the rower as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I think you got some pretty good points there. You know, I tell you, um, I just completed the creatine experiment, and I'm trying to get this podcast recorded to go over the results with everybody. And Last week I was with Alex Maycock and we sat down and recorded it all. And then I lost the recordings. I have to do it over (laughs) again, but I will get that show out. But you're right, Eric, just, you know, in terms of, of using your core and other muscle groups that you don't normally activate as well with just regular running training. I noticed for myself on the track, man, that um, my core was quite sore after a lot of my sessions and especially my shoulders my yeah. deltoids because putting in all that effort and, and running as hard as you can down that track really use a lot of your upper body too to try to use that momentum and get that speed and man what a kind of a wake-up call to realize like wow like there's stuff that's sore on me that hasn't been sore for a while yeah yeah and even like small like you said you know your deltoids or your arms like even when you're just holding poles for again like 24 30 hours like that's going to take a toll on your arms so it is nice to get some work in on those as well yeah, I think it just really highlights the importance of cross training and strength and conditioning um, beyond just what running does for you, eh? Yeah, and pre-pandemic too, I was loving that we would go rock climbing once a week. But mm-hmm. yeah, once those open up again, I'm looking forward to getting back there. And uh, snowboarding was also another nice cross training because that one 
yeah, you get on your board for the first time after not being on there for a year and you're like, wow, you know, I thought my legs were in great shape from running and, you know, doing incline training, but you're like, there are some muscles in there that I have not felt for a year. Yeah. You, you know, kind of wake them up. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's great to find an activity that is fun to do and kind of distracts you from the fact that you are actually training and exercising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I, f I found that happens a lot when I'm on my bicycle and just going for a ride, whether it's, that doesn't even necessarily have to be a tough ride, but you're mm -hmm. just kind of out there and, and riding your bike and you're getting some good exercise in, but you don't even realize it because you just, you're on your bike and having a nice ride. Yeah. Those you are know? always the best workouts when you're just like, oh, I'm having a great day today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Eric, you're kind of in a similar situation with me. We both work the same job as paramedics and both have to deal with with shift work and we both have young children at home. And I know sometimes um, depending on who's home and what the weather's like outside, it's hard to get outside to go on a run, uh, whether the weather is bad or you don't want to take the kids out in the stroller or you're the only one home with the kids and you can't really, you know, leave them <laughs> at home yeah. or you go for a run. <laughs> so how have you been working around that? Uh, so far, actually, January has been, pretty good for me i've been staying on a pretty good workout track um so before day shifts i will wake up kind of before anybody else in the house is even awake to get my workout in and i just got myself uh, a new treadmill so it is nice not having to wake up having to look outside and be like you know what it's blown snow there's 20 centimeters of snow on the ground i'm not going out this morning it's nice just to be able to like nope no matter what i can just get out on the treadmill yes so yeah, before day shifts, I'll either do um, an hour incline walk. I, like my max, the max my treadmill does is 15%. So okay. yeah, I'll do an hour that on my first day shift. And then on my second day shift, I'll do um, just some interval training, which again is a shorter workout, which is nice. It's under an hour for me. And then after I get home and everyone's ounces in bed, I'll get like just a 30 minute row in. Nice. Um yeah, and then before night shifts, uh, for my first night shift, I'll do another incline workout. And then in between nights, I'll generally do my recovery run. And then on my days off, I'll try to get uh, my long run in. And then or long runs in on those four days off. And then I'll just try to sneak in my rows whenever I can. So, so far, that schedule has been working out really well for me. I've been able to stick to it and hopefully I can keep going with it because it does get my incline work in, like my speed workout in, and try to get a couple long runs in every eight day cycle. Wow. You know what, Eric, that sounds like a pretty solid schedule, actually, man. It seems pretty sustainable. And that's a nice thing. When I was on that shift that you're on the two days and two nights, um, yeah. you know, that was the most normal I had felt since I started this career in terms of sleep patterns and energy and kind of having a bit of a regular schedule. Um, yeah. it's a, it's a really good schedule for that. Unfortunately, I'm not on that one. And then I'm back on the horrible platoon schedule, oh, no. but, uh, you know what, it's what works for home right now. So yeah, it is yeah. what it is, but yeah, that sounds like a pretty solid training plan, man. How long have you been able to keep that up? I started like end of December. Like, uh, so as soon as the treadmill came in, the treadmill was a big boost also for my morale, just to kind of, you know, get a kick in the butt to get motivated, to get training again. Cause again, it just takes away the excuses of bad weather or I've run out of my clothes, my outdoor running clothes, and I have to do laundry so I don't get my run in. It's nice that once travel came in, I'm like, really, all I need is some boxers and socks and that I can always get my workout in. So there, there's really no excuses. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, it's also a big motivator to realize I just dumped a bunch of money on this treadmill. I better use it. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's all, oh, man. So when you're on your treadmill, do you have 
um, a pair of shoes that you've designated for your treadmill? Because I, I kind of did that. I had um, my ultras that I was going to retire. And then yeah. I figured, you know what, I'll just clean them up and I'll just use them on the treadmill because they're still good. But, you know, they're up there in the mileage, but they work really well for the treadmill for me still. I'm actually looking now for a new pair of uh, shoes just for the treadmill. I found uh, just with the ones I have right now, they're very comfortable and everything, but I find I just do sweat more on the treadmill and my shoes actually become quite saturated with sweat, as gross as that sounds. And then I start <laughs> getting a little slippy on the treadmill because the the sweat's just pouring out of there onto the treadmill. So right now I'm just in the market for a new pair of shoes. If you do okay. have any recommendations that can hold in all my sweat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, uh, what do you have in mind for shoes? Have you narrowed it down to anything? Uh, not yet. I haven't been looking at it. I just know that there are normally two stores I like to shop at. Just kind of, I do like to support local. Yeah. So I was going to wait and see what they have on sale. Nice. Yeah, you're like me, man. I always look for the sales, whether it's like an older model shoe or just something, yeah. whatever. I'm like for a discontinued model. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go grab these for cheap because that's the one thing that's guaranteed with running, right? You're always gonna need a new pair of shoes at some point. Yeah, 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 man. So that's pretty good. Um, so what's your plan today? So you're in between night shifts now. So you're gonna be doing some rowing today. Uh, recovery run. So I just. Uh... And just a nice, easy pace, 10K. So probably just 10K in an hour at that, that pace. So Okay. Yeah, that's it's my kind of easy, relaxed day in between the two nights because that's when I normally have the least amount of time and then get me ready for some, hopefully for some higher mileage runs on the four days off. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Now, do you, do you designate days during your week, Eric, when you're training just as com like real rest days, not active recovery or anything, but do you ever have days where you're just like, I'm not doing anything today? Uh, so far this year, I haven't like for me the 10k. Like if I'm doing it at like the hour long pace, then that for me is just a nice, easy day to kind of relax my muscles for me. And I do try to get my yoga stretching in as well. Nice. But for me, getting a run in every day does keep me in a more positive mindset and keep me just as a happier person. So I enjoy being able to get uh, you know a run in every day. Isn't that so true? Eh, that running is uh, it's 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 such an uplifting thing. Um, yeah. I know for myself, if there's a day when I can get out there to run, you almost feel a little bit anxious and, and distracted because like, I want to run, I can't get out to run or, or yeah. a lot of times, I'm like, okay, when my kids get to bed, I'll go do my run. And I tuck everybody in they're sleeping and I'm so exhausted at that point. I'm like, nope, yeah. go, go on the treadmill and, and get your run on. And you know, you yeah. feel better afterwards for sure. And I find, yeah, you know, you could be tired. You know, I spent a lot of mornings when I wake up before day shift, like just staring at the door to my garage and like, I can do this. I can do this. But then as soon as you get like two, three minutes into your workout, you feel so much better and like, Oh yeah, this is going to happen. I'm so glad I'm, I've got this far. Yeah, for sure. Do you ever have runs, Eric, where you're just, where you're not feeling it no matter what, like you're trying, you're trying to get into it and it's just not working for you. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, especially like on days, you know, some days, you know, I, in my head, like, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do 19 K or I'm going to do 21 K and I just get like seven and a half K in. And I'm just like, you know what? It's just not going to happen. And I'll, you know, I'll try to push through that to see, you know, if this is just a mental thing or if it's a physical thing. And, you know, and there are days that I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to stop. You know what, I've had enough for today. I'm happy. I don't want to push myself anymore. And, you know, I was planning on doing 21K, but if 7.5K is all that's going to happen today, that's fine. And, you know, I'll try to do better tomorrow. But, you know, what? it's no big deal. I still got out 
and I did something. So that's the big thing for me. Yeah. I think, I think that's just one of those realities we all have to deal with every once in a while that, you know, sometimes it's not going to happen and you got to know when to shut it down and, and that's okay. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I had a few of those too, where I was, and it was just like, you know what, Eric, like 5k runs on my treadmill and whether it was, I was just tired of being on the treadmill or I just, you know, was a little bit under the weather. I'm like, man, I just gotta, I've, I've run a mile, but I gotta walk. Yeah. I stop. So I walk for a bit. I'm like, hey, let's, let's run again for a bit. And it's just like, oh, it is what it is. And you just yeah. move on. Right. Yeah. yeah. And again, I, there's no, there's no shame in that. Cause you're, like I said before, you're still getting out there, you're doing something. And that's, I think the most important thing is, you know, just getting out there and doing what your body is capable of doing that day. Absolutely, man. I, I, I totally agree with you on that. A hundred percent, Eric. It's, it's just, it's so important to move and, and do something. Like you said, not every day is going to be a winner. Not every day is going to be that, that runner's high or that, that unicorn run or unicorn yeah. race. Right. And, and, and really it, it does kind of translate into everyday life as well. Some days you're going to have bad days as well. And you just got to kind of get through them, especially during these times now where, you know, there's a lot of frustration out there, frustrated parents right now that are doing homeschooling for their kids. Yeah. And, you know, I'm hearing a lot of like, I can't do this and it's so hard. And they're trying to manage their job from working at home as well. And, you know, I kind of had the discussion with Leah this morning. And I was like, you know, we, we had our kids uh, homeschooling since September. They haven't been to physical school this year. So we've kind of gone over that adjustment period, but there is a bit of a learning curve there. And you have to realize that when they're in school, I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do. And if I do get anything done, it's going to be very piecemeal because I'm going to be interrupted a million times. Yeah. And as long as you're willing to accept that, it makes it a lot easier to get through the day. You know, but that's just the yeah. way it is. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty spoiled. We're pretty like, cause our, our little guy, he's still pretty young. So he's in daycare and daycares are still open. So yeah. we're, we're lucky in that fact. Cause yeah, it was already just a huge transition for my wife's not going to work every day like not going to the office and just working from home yeah but yeah it's got to be super hard with the homeschooling because like you said you know if you designate yourself this is you know my time and then get the interruptions that just makes it that much harder absolutely yeah it's just one of those things eric so you know last year you hit you know 2020 kilometers probably beyond that even do you yeah. have any particular mileage goals for this year uh, I was, I was looking at it again. I was thinking about just 2021, but I'm like, I can, I can probably do more than that. There are a couple like virtual races aren't exactly my thing. Like, you know, if it's a great motivator for some people, like that's great. There was one that was like all the way across Canada in a year. I think that was like 4,000 something. And I think that was just a little bit out of my league. Yeah. But again, I think I'm just going to try to get more than last year, but we'll see how the year goes. Cause if all my races are a go this year, you know, you do get a lot of mileage in races, but then there's also the taper period before where your mileage is pretty low and then your recovery after the race. Mm -hmm. So again, I still think I can, um, I can uh, beat last year's mileage. So I think that's just what the goal will be is kind of just to top last year's. Nice, man. Nice. Pretty good. Let's, let's play a little game here, Eric. I'm going to ask you some questions. You're just going to give me some answers. Okay. This is, this is not pre-planned. So you have no idea what I'm about to ask you. And to be quite honest, I have no idea what I'm about to ask you, but we're just going to go through it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. What are your favorite running shoes right now? Uh, I enjoyed the Nike Vaporflies. Those ones made me feel fast. Okay. And, uh, those are the ones with the carbon, uh, carbon. Yeah. Plates. Yeah. yeah. Like definitely okay. not like an everyday trainer shoe, but when I put those on, I felt really fast, which is nice. Okay, so what color are they? Uh, red. 
red yeah. obviously always makes you go faster you know what that's what i'm saying man like red is my new color now too <laughs> i got red running gloves and i got the gray shoes accented with red and red laces it does make a difference man yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right let's say here favorite post long run meal or food oh i gotta say just is you know what they're not classy or fancy by any means but just some uh tim hortons donuts i find they're easy as like easy to eat they're delicious um yeah those are always a nice little reward i can think about like if i post race or even like at a checkpoint yeah i'm like yeah those are, would be always my go-to at a checkpoint or something for like an unhealthy snack very good but and what, what is your what's your go-to donut uh i think a honey cooler is because that one's just so easy to eat that i know no matter how tired i am uh i can eat that and digest it no problem oh my the honey cruller is yeah. you can almost drink it it just melts in exactly. your mouth yeah yeah man i'm with you on that one that is just a fantastic donut <laughs> problem is they're they're so easy to eat you could just oh man you could probably just eat like a dozen easy oh easy no problem <laughs> 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 that's awesome man all right what let's see here uh let's stick on the theme of long runs what's your what's your favorite gel that you use or your your long run kind of fuel oh i love the uh the endurance tap okay. it's uh it's um it's canadian company and it's just three ingredients maple syrup sea salt and ginger so again it tastes like you're drinking maple syrup and who doesn't love that plus you get a bit of salt uh you know help your salt levels and ginger to help settle your stomach as well and nice. they come in and also it's a, they have a nice little twist off. So if you don't, even like when you're done the gel, you can put the cap back on. So when you put it back in your pockets, you're not throwing garbage everywhere. Um, when you put your hand back in your pocket, you're not putting your hand filled with gel at that point. That's actually a pretty uh, nice little design there. And it doesn't get much more Canadian than maple syrup, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It tastes so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now, are you running with music at all during your training? I am. Yeah. All right. What 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 kind of music are you listening to now? Uh, I got a whole bunch of everything. Like you know, I do like my video games, so there are a lot of like video game soundtracks that does help me keep me motivated. Nice. Yeah. So I think when those ones come on, and then a bunch of you know just even shows I watch their their opening themes. You know, those are always some good ones to keep me moving. Oh man, you're like me. You kind of like the the obscure stuff, eh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, when I when I I get in mood sometimes when I like I have like this running playlist that has a whole mishmash of stuff and you know, like um yeah, TV show theme songs, like even weird stuff that's not even going to really get you jacked up. I love the Dukes of Hazard theme song, man. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh my god, it's one of my favorites. Or Perfect Strangers was a good one too. Three's Company. <laughs> you know, it just it just kind of gets you happy. But yeah, I've yeah. had ones where like you know, unless like a whole playlist of white zombie or I go through like an eighties, an eighties theme where I'm like, I always want to listen to eighties music. And that really helps me the most, I think, to kind of keep up the tempo. Yeah. I love me some eighties music, man, but yeah, yeah like village people, whatever, man. It's like, yeah. I'll listen to anything and everything, you know, but it's nice to, yeah. nice to uh, change it up every once in a while too. Yeah. I find again, once I find a new song to download, then I'll have that one like on repeat for like an entire workout for like the first couple workouts before it, you know, gets put into my regular playlist. Yeah. It almost, it almost like activates your central nervous system to kind of ready yourself for some exercise. eh? Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's like, it's like you're, it's like you're just training yourself to like, okay, time to work. The song's yeah. coming on. <laughs> my gosh. All right, Eric, here's another one. This one's tough. Are you ready? Yeah. Favorite season to run in. 
Hmm. Ah, that is tough. I'm going to say probably, you know, I enjoy the summer. Like, even though it gets super, super hot some days, I like the fact that most of the trails are open so I can go anywhere. You don't really have to worry about uh, rain or things like that because it's just hot and dry. But I know I can go to a trail and it won't be covered in mud if I want to go for a trail run. And like I said, it's open to go do hill intervals at like Glen Eden or like those places. So that's why I got to lean towards summer, even though, again, some days are just so hot that your pace is awful. But it's still nice to get out in summertime, I think. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I recently read some some articles out there saying that running in like high humidity levels almost mimics um, running at altitude or training at altitude. Yeah. You know, just with the with the extra effort that your body has to deal with and stuff. I'm not sure of the physiology behind it. I have to do a little bit more research on it. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I just remember some summer runs. I would take a look at my pace and be like, "Oh, that's awful," but you know what? That's okay. It was a super hot day, and I got out and I got and I did it. And again, you know, it's nice when the sun's out, it's not dark, you can still run late at night with the sun being out. And that's another nice thing. Yeah, for sure. Maybe if we're about to get smoked by a car or something. <laughs> yeah, that's another reason why I got the treadmill too. Just the amount of times I've always been hit by a car. I'm like, it's not worth it anymore. Just, yeah, it's nice on the treadmill that way as well. Yeah, you got to be safe, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, do you head out to the trails often during the wintertime? Uh, I haven't so much during... The winter just because it's been just harder logistically because i like to do glen eden that's kind of been my go-to for hill intervals and yeah that's obviously all closed and would even in the winter it'd be more so open for uh snowboarding and skiing so now again it's sadly just been mostly uh the incline on the treadmill yeah yeah those those skiers or snowboarders probably wouldn't expect to see you running up the running up the no. hill eh? <laughs> no. in the summertime it's already bad enough competing with the mountain bikers but then Passing the skiers and the snowboarders, that might be a bit of a surprise to them. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever done any running up Blue Mountain? Uh, I haven't done Blue Mountain. I did Horseshoe last year. We had a little cottage for a couple of days. And nice. whenever my old guy went down for a nap, that would be my time to just drive over to Horseshoe and go up and down the hill there. Nice, man. Yeah. How many, how, what was your max uh, amount of reps you did? Uh, I think I did seven times up and down Horseshoe oh, wow. Mountain. Yeah. And the other good one is uh, just the Hamilton stairs. Yeah, There's a whole bunch of uh, different uh, stairs you can go up and down there. And I got a bunch of friends out there. So that always made it nice to meet up with uh, friends out in Hamilton way and do a whole bunch of uh, stair repeats. That was actually one of my highest um, elevation days was on the Hamilton stairs last year. No kidding. Do you recall what kind of elevation you got that day? I think I cleared... Hold on one sec. I can I pull it up on uh, Strava there. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was 10,000 meters. Oh, let's see if I can get my little year in sports. That was a neat little um, thing Strava did, eh? They kind of give you all your stats and stuff that you did throughout the year. Yeah, it was a nice little video. And, yeah. yeah, it was cool. I started seeing people post those things. I said, where's everybody getting this? And I opened up my Strava. I'm like, oh, there's mine. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that was really neat. Yeah, so I don't have it handy, but yeah, I just remember when I did it. I was, I was pushing myself. I forgot what the goal. If it was, if it was ten thousand meters or what it was exactly, but um, yeah, that one was. It was a, it was a push to get to that finish, and yeah, my quads were feeling it. But it was a nice day. Nice man. Yeah, sounds like a good day, man. There's there's something about getting lots of elevation and going up hills, man. I I just I happen to love it. I know like 
I was out in a trail run the other day with my dog Piper and um, we did, we did, I think eight kilometers. We had a 240 meters of elevation, but it was just, you know, this one hill, we went back to it twice just because we kind of did this loop and going through it, you're kind of hurting, you know what I mean? But it's like, let's yeah. just keep going. And and I don't think about what it's like going to, like, I don't look ahead to see where the top is. I just keep looking directly in front of me. I'm like, just keep moving one foot in front of the other. And yeah. you get to the top and it's just like, it's a great sense of accomplishment. And, you know, as much as it hurts, you just got to keep going, man. And yeah. I just love it. I, I prefer going uphill. Oh, um, me too. Over downhill. You do too, eh? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like my one racing buddy, like I will smoke him on the uphills. So, you know, I'll get up there, enjoy the view and then start going down and then he will just zip past me on the downhills. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you find that uh, when you get to the top, like you recover pretty quickly? I do. Yeah. Like I try to take, you know, I try my best to, you know, keep moving once it gets yeah. to the top of the hill, but you know, you also want to take a moment to enjoy the view, enjoy the hard work you put in to get up there. Absolutely. But I do find, yeah, the recovery is pretty quick. I just yeah. got to work on my technical going down the hill so I don't fall and face plant. That's my, that's my biggest yeah. concern too, man. I'm just like, oh, I don't like going down the hill because some people just fly down with reckless abandon. I'm like, nah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of falling, I had uh, that last trail run I did with Piper. I, uh, I ended up spilling on the ice and like, I had oh, the, oh, next thing, first thing I know is like both my feet are up in the air and down I go. And I kind of like, it was a jarring landing, but I got up right away and I kind of laughed at myself because it's funny, man. When people fall, it's just funny. I don't care. Even if it's me, I'm laughing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was able to move. So we finished our run and the next day I was feeling okay. But today, man, got some bruises, got a little stiffness in my neck. So I might have to have like a, an Epsom salt bath or something just to mm-hmm. kind of soak relax a bit but i'm still moving so it's okay that's good nothing broken broken. i just i just wish that somebody had that on camera because that would that's what i always say whenever i fall i'm like oh i wish i could see that so i could get a good laugh right yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's awesome hey eric man it's been it's been good catching up with you and chatting you know you mentioned strava where can people find you on strava if they're listening and they want to follow your your running uh, journey uh i think i'm just I think I'm just Eric Cavessi. So E-R-I-K and last name K-O-V-E-S-S-Y. Awesome. Yeah. So no, no fancy name or anything like that. It's just me. Just me. Just you. Yeah. Raw and unfiltered. And we love it, man. <laughs> All right, Eric. Listen, man, we'll uh, we'll catch up again later. Thanks again for having uh, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it, man. It's been great to catch up. And like we always say here at Trail Tales ARP, you run wild, my friend. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me again. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Trail Tales ERP now has a brand new YouTube channel. You can head over there through our website and check out all our latest videos. And please don't forget to subscribe. If you could also leave us a review on wherever you get our podcast from, that would be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at trail underscore tales underscore ARP. And you can also join our Strava running group at Trail Tales ARP. Thank you so much for your continued support. Run wild.